God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of Divine Ministries. My name is John Davison. And several years ago, back in 2015, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. And he asked me to take an entire year and just study him in the scriptures. And so through that time period, I put a number of teachings together, some of them on YouTube and, and different platforms and podcasts. And that was quite some time ago. Since then, I've had so many experiences with the Lord, and I've become so much deeper ingrained experientially in my mind, my will, my emotions, and my lifestyle in the Holy Spirit that the Lord spoke to me just a few weeks ago and said, Son, it is time for you to revisit those teachings, to put them all back together again after several years of walking them out, and to share with the body of Christ what I've downloaded to you because it is a great time of harvest. It is a great time of equipping the saints to, to do the works of ministry, to walk in the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, and the transformation of God, of holiness, of righteousness, and the full potential that we have in all of our inheritance and all the promises that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so it's my prayer, it's my hope today that as you listen to this broadcast, that you will find peace because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the third fruit of the Spirit, which is peace. Before we get there, I want to talk to you about fruit for just a minute. And so in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. And that word in the Greek for fruit is karpos. That word is so important for us to understand because Jesus uses that language about, hey, he who remains in me and I in him will bear in other words, they're going to have a whole bunch of fruit hanging on the tree. You make the tree good and the fruit will be good is what Jesus was talking about. He says, well, I'm going to make you so transformed that your fruit is going to be so much different than what it was when you were in darkness. And so that word fruit is very relevant and it's karpos. I want to read that to you right now, the definition in the Expositor's Dictionary of New Testament words here, because the meaning here helps us to understand where the fruit is truly coming from and what that word fruit means. Listen to this. Metaphorically speaking, fruit of works or deeds. Fruit being the, in, the visible expression of power working inwardly and invisibly. The character of the fruit being evidence of the character of the power which is producing it. Listen to this now. The, the, the Greek word here is talking about, in the word fruit, meaning the coming forth or the manifestation of the original source where the fruit comes from. So it will be a byproduct of the source that it is connected with. So if we're bearing much fruit, and we're told in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 16 to 17, that this is how we have confidence on the day of judgment, that in this world we are like Jesus, and that we're being conformed to the image of Christ, that we're going from glory to glory and from grace to grace and from strength to strength and faith to faith, and we're growing in all these areas. There's fruit continually being produced. And in John chapter 15, Jesus talked about the vine and the branches and he discussed, he says, listen, I'm going to prune back that which is producing fruit so that it can produce more fruit. In other words, 
there's going to be an abundant harvest and once that harvest takes place he's going to trim back and then it's going to grow even more fruit so we're going to grow and grow and grow in these things so listen to the promise that we have in ezekiel chapter 36 because i want to step back for just a moment because if you're not born again and you don't know jesus christ you have to understand where the fruit is coming from why the fruit is there and how to connect with the source of fruit that Jesus said would come forth in our lives if we are truly born again and we'd have a transformational experience through the blood of Christ. We've been buried with him in baptism. We've risen with him in the newness of life. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. And in that, there's this life and life more abundantly. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get deeper into this. So in Ezekiel 36, chapter 36, verse 26 and 27, it is the promise that God gave the Israelite people of what his new covenant would look like. And he says, listen, he says, I'm going to take out your heart of stone, your callous heart. I'm going to circumcise that thing. He says, listen, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit and I'm going to put my spirit in you. And he will cause you to walk in my word, in my statutes, in my commandments, in my instructions, and in my law. And so Jesus makes this very statement. Listen to what he says in John chapter 14. Because John chapter 14 is going to give us an understanding of what Jesus himself expected from the new creation who abides in him and who then partners with the Holy Spirit, which has been placed inside of us. So remember, Ezekiel 36, God's going to give you a new heart. He's going to give you a new spirit, and then he's going to take his spirit and put his spirit in your spirit. So everything's been wiped out, wiped clean. The house has been made clean. You've been washed by the blood of the lamb. All the things that were sin that were in your life are now nailed to the cross. They've been, they've been cursed and, and put into a whole nother place, completely removed from your life. The new spirit has been awakened inside of you and you've been quickened in your spirit, but you also receive the Holy Spirit. And listen to what Jesus said about this Ezekiel 36 experience in John 14 and verse 15. He says, listen, if you truly love me, you will obey my instructions and my commands. And I will then ask the father and he will give you another counselor, a comforter. To be with you forever, the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor is relational with him, knows him. But you will know him experientially. You will know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Listen to what Jesus says now. He says, listen. You love me, you're following me, you're going after me, you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. He will be with you and he's going to teach you all truths because he is the spirit of truth. And so that was the promise of Ezekiel 36. And so listen, if you have a born again experience now and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you can now step into the promises of God and the kingdom of God. So listen to Romans chapter 14. For just a minute here, because I, I believe Romans 14 will give us a very clear picture, even of one of the fruit that we're going to discuss today, because listen to what it says about the kingdom in Romans 14 
and verse 17. For the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. Now listen, if you didn't listen to part two, we covered joy in the previous episodes. I want to encourage you right now, if you've not listened to the joy episode, go back and listen to the joy episode because listen, joy is serious business in the kingdom. But today we're going to focus on peace. So listen to what he says. The kingdom of God, which Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So with that being laid down for us, that born-again understanding being laid down for us, that new creation understanding being laid down for us, and the Holy Spirit being inside of us because we're new creations, because that foundation has now been laid, let's take a look at Galatians chapter 5, where we first read about this full picture and understanding and outlining of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to what, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Galatians. They're having a lot of issues. You know, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to figure out how do I graft law and rules and routines? How do I, how do I graft these laws back into my, my grace, into my experience? And Paul's like, listen, do you guys work signs and wonders and miracles? Are you guys, are you guys doing all these things because you observe and you try to fit all the commandments into this thing? Or is it because you believe the word of God in faith and you believe the promises are truly yes and amen and you're functioning in grace? And so Paul's trying to parse out. He's trying to help them understand the difference between functioning based off of just the limitations of the natural life, just the limitations of the external life and living from the outside in versus in the Holy Spirit, living from the Holy Spirit within you, living from the inside outward and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions. So listen to what he says to these Galatians whom he's trying to sort out some of their issues here. He says in verse or chapter 5, verse 16, he says, So I say then, live, live by the Spirit. In other words, have all of your life function coming from the deposit of the Spirit of God inside of you. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the natural man or the sinful nature. You know, the, the externals. He's saying, look, you guys are trying to make these list of rules and laws to try to come into a place of holiness and right standing before the Lord. He said, but look, if you'll live by the Spirit, you will automatically fulfill the law. You will automatically fulfill the things that God calls you to do. Because remember, in Ezekiel 36, it said that God's going to put the Spirit inside of you and the Spirit will cause you to keep His law, to keep His commandments. And it doesn't mean that He's putting you into this list. It means that as you function through the day, you will live in the fruit of the Spirit again we're going there right now. Listen to verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature, and they are in conflict with one another, so that you do not do what you want. But, he's talking to them. Remember, the context is them. The thing that you want to do, you're not doing because you're trying to do it in your own ability. 
not by the Spirit and not by grace. He said, but if you are led by the Spirit, verse 18, you are not under the law because the acts of of the sinful nature, they're obvious. They're easily understood and seen. Like, you don't need anybody to point out these issues. You already know they're a problem because they cause issues in your life. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Listen to this. Drunkenness. We need to be sober-minded. Drunkenness. Orgies and the like. In other words, anything that even resembles any of this stuff that I've listed here, he's letting them know. Anything like this stuff, that, that, is, that is totally the natural man who, 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 who cannot understand the things of the Spirit is what he said in another chapter. The, the natural mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit. The natural man doesn't understand because they, they are spiritually discerned. And that's why we've been given the mind of Christ. So listen to what it says in verse 22. Oh, excuse me. Let me go back. He says, I warn you as I did before. Verse 21. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What did we say the kingdom was in Romans 14, 17? Watch. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? He's not saying that you're not born again. Notice how he doesn't tell the Galatians, even though they're trying to wrestle through this thing on their own and trying to put themselves back under law. Notice he doesn't tell them, hey guys, guess what? You're not saved. You're not, you're not saved, right? But what he does say, he says, listen, you will not inherit the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, he does say in another place, and I want to be clear here, that those who are trying to live fully by the law, he does say, look, you guys, you guys are, are basically putting yourselves under a curse. You're putting yourself back under something which condemned you rather than the life-giving spirit. And so I want to make it very clear. Paul did make distinctions about people who fell away from grace because they were trying to strive into, through their own flesh, the things that can only be produced and provided and manifest by the Spirit. So he's differentiating, again, the difference between living from the inside out versus the outside in. The outside in life will try to manage and regulate sin. The inside out life says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, not freedom to sin, but freedom from sin. What does he say here? Verse 22, Galatians 5. But the fruit, the manifestation, the power that the Spirit produces, the characteristics and attributes of an individual fully given to the Holy Spirit. Listen now. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, guys, there's no law. Why? The law condemns. The power of sin is the law. That's scripture. The power of sin is the law. So guess what? If you're functioning in the fruit of the Spirit, there is no accusation that the enemy can put against you 
that is valid or will stand in court. It will not stand. It'll show itself. It'll show itself evident. It'll show itself as a false accusation because you live by the Spirit and not, and not by the flesh. Listen to verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So let's look at that word peace because that's what we're discussing today. The word peace here in the fruit of the Spirit, the karpos of the Spirit, of, of the ruach, of the pneuma, the karpos here, the fruit of the Spirit, is love, which was episode one, joy, which was episode two. Today is peace. And that word peace is Irene. Listen to what the word Irene means. Because as we develop an understanding of what these fruit mean and what is trying to be communicated through the scripture, we'll have a, a grasp as to what to look out for and how we can measure whether or not the Spirit of God is flowing in our lives and whether or not if we are truly submissive to the Spirit of God. So according to the Word of God, Irene, peace in the Greek means completeness, continual rest, and undivided connection to the Father. Peace, rest, connection, connection, and completeness. So the fruit of the Spirit, in connection with the Spirit, will help us to understand the peace that we have with the Lord. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 for just a minute here. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And that's what Paul was dealing with with the Galatians just a few minutes ago, just in a couple chapters before Galatians 5, is their issue with falling away from grace, their issue with grace, is that the supernatural empowerment of God, grace, the empowerment of the Lord to, to fulfill the very thing he calls us to, that grace that's given to us by faith produces this peace with God that passes all understanding. Because we now have, through the blood of Jesus Christ, an undivided connection, which brings us into a complete rest. This is very similar, if you would, to what Adam and Eve had in the garden before the fall. Listen now. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 to 14. Listen to what it says here. Since everything, listen to what it says. Now, Peter's going to transition for us here just a little bit because you say, well, you know, peace sounds really great, undivided connection and rest, and now we have this, this amazing relationship with the Lord. But what about, like, persecutions? What about the world falling apart around us, man? Are you, like, in some kind of, like, fog or la-la land? Like, are you just living in some kind of cloud nine? Because, like, look at what's happening around us. Are you not paying attention? The world is being shaken. There's a pandemic going on. There's all kinds of stuff happening, man. You want to talk about peace? How am I supposed to have peace? <laughs> Listen. Listen, my friend, I want to tell you that you can, in the Holy Spirit, have peace in the midst of everything. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. 
since everything will be destroyed by fire in this way. What's he talking about? Everything's going to be destroyed. At some point in time, everything's going to be destroyed. Entropy will come. Let me tell you. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. Man, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of peace going on here. But, but, listen. 13. But, in keeping with His promise, His promise, thank God we... Thank God all his promises are yes and amen. Thank God that we're relying on his promises and not the promises of a government, not the promises of of other people around us, not the promise of a boss or a coworker. We're just relying on the promises of God. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Wow. So what's he saying? That same word peace is used here. What's he saying? That you would remain, make sure that you remain in undivided connection with him, no matter what comes. Jesus slept in the boat in the middle of the storm. He remained aware of the Father and the Holy Spirit inside of him. He remained in a continual place of rest and completeness in what was done around him and who his God is. And Peter is making the same claim for us here. Be sure to be found at peace in connection, undivided connection with him. We read this very similar thing in Philippians chapter 4. Listen to Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. He's like, rejoice, rejoice. Listen, guys, don't just rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So, look, the Lord is near. Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed from with the devil Because God was with him. And he said this message. The kingdom is at hand. Meaning it is within your reach. The kingdom is at hand. Meaning you can reach out and you can grab it. And you can function in it. Listen, the Lord is near. Verse 5. Now verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, not your peace, the peace of God, the Holy Ghost inside of you, the fruit of the Spirit in you, the peace of God, which transcends all natural understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So the fruit of the Spirit, the peace fruit of the Spirit, the Irene fruit of the Spirit, it's actually there to guard your heart and to guard your mind so that you won't be caught off guard by what's going on in the world. You don't have to panic like everybody else does. You can have peace in the midst of it because you know God and you know that even in the midst 
of the fall of man, and even in the midst of all the trials of life, and even in the midst of everything that happened, he said, look, I already had a plan from the foundation of the world, and I already sent Jesus to die for your sins, and guess what? I'm coming back, and everything's going to be perfectly amazing once again. But you don't have to wait. I'm telling you, the promises of God that are yes and amen, you don't have to wait to experience the Prince of Peace at his return. You can experience him now because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Peace, is in you and wants to flow through you and wants to get access to fill you. Mind, will, and emotions. Jesus himself is the Prince of Peace. We have peace because we have Christ. Total rest. Total rest because Jesus has all things under control and because I know, because of how he's transformed my life. Look, I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was addicted to pornography. My life was a mess when I came to Christ at 26 years old. But now... All of that's gone. And the evidence, the fruits of repentance unto righteousness are evident in my life. And it gives me a hope and an assurance that just as he transformed me, he has everything else around me fully in his hand. And that the Spirit of God inside of me is there to give me peace in the midst no matter what happens. I am praying more for me to hear the Holy Spirit and to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit deeper than I ever am for my situations to change. Because if you pray for your situations to change, my friends, I want to tell you, you're giving the enemy the tools in his hand that he needs to keep you stressed out. Because all he has to say is, oh, look, all you got to do is put a little pressure, put a little pressure, put a little pressure, and he'll just keep pressure there. But if you turn to the Lord, and you turn to the Holy Spirit and you grab a hold of the promises of God. When he brings pressure, when the, Holy, when, when, when the enemy brings pressure upon you, the Holy Spirit rises up inside of you and you can partner with him to have peace. And as you do so, listen, it doesn't matter what's happening around you because of the joy and the peace and the righteousness that's inside of you. I, I want to share an example of this with you. In Matthew chapter 10, let's go there for just a minute. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus gives us the pattern of his disciples. He gives us the pattern of, of, of the way that he sends out the 12. And this is so important for us to understand. Because if we are people of peace, that means we can bring peace and release peace everywhere we go. But if we're in turmoil and we're trembling in our hearts all the time and we're always worried and concerned and what about the virus and what about my relative and what about my lost family and you're stressing out over it instead of resting and in a position of peace, you won't have the peace that needs to be given. And I want to show you how Jesus, his form of evangelism that he sent out the disciples, the very first model of evangelism we see taught to the disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7, it says this. Well, we'll start in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out, 
with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did we just talk about? At hand, within your reach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. Verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And do not take among yourselves any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. And whatever town, this is a key point about healing the sick, key point about raising the dead, key point about cleansing the leper, key point about casting out demons. Jesus gives us the pivotal moment here. Verse 11, whatever town or village you enter in, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter, let your peace remain. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. And if it is not, let your peace return to you. In other words, guys, no matter what happens, when you show up, show up in peace. When you go out for outreach, go out in peace. When you go out, realize you have the Prince of Peace. Why? What does healing the sick do? It takes an infirmity upon their body. It says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God were with him. So he connected sickness with a direct assault from the devil. So that means healing is spiritual warfare. And if healing is spiritual warfare, then what we're doing is we're taking a situation of turmoil upon God's creation, somebody's life, whether they're demonically oppressed, demonically possessed, or they've got leprosy, right? Listen, you are releasing peace into their life. You're taking the turmoil, you're taking the demonic entity out, you're showing them that the Prince of Peace has shown up, and all of a sudden, because you have solved their issue by healing them, by casting out demons, by cleansing the lepers, right? By doing these things, you are releasing peace into their life, and guess what happens? They taste and they see that the Lord is good. How... How can the world see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven unless we are people who function in peace in the midst of all the other turmoil around us? Because if we're in turmoil, as the world is in turmoil, then guess what happens? They don't want what we have because they already have it. So I want to encourage you that Jesus' form of evangelism had to do with releasing peace upon people's lives lifting off the things that were that were hurting and demonically oppressing them and then filling them with the Holy Spirit, the peace, the spirit of peace and truth. And so I want to bless you today. I hope this has been encouraging to you. Listen, you can have peace. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're trying to come out of an addiction. Maybe you're watching this and you don't even know Jesus and you're saying, Man, this sounds really good, but I've not met a lot of Christians that are functioning in this thing. Well, listen, I want to tell you, I am a living epistle unto this. I want to tell you that I have a testimony. I want to tell you that as you read the scriptures, you see it time and time again that God transforms. And his power, he's not weak. He's not weak. Paul said, I didn't come to you with persuasive speech, but I came with you in a demonstration of the Spirit 
and of power. God is alive and he is powerful and he can remove these things from your life instantly. He can remove pornography. He can remove sickness. He can remove disease. He can remove addictions right now, even as you're listening to this. And so, Father, I thank you for releasing peace right now upon every person listening to this. Holy Spirit, I ask you to touch them now from the top of their head to the sole of their feet and let them tangibly experience your presence right now. And I break off everything from your life, every weight, every sin, every hindrance right now in Jesus' name. I command demons to come off of you now in Jesus' name. I command things to be whole, to be sozo, to be put back in order. And I release peace to you that passes all understanding upon your hearts, upon your minds, upon your bodies right now. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for transforming people's lives who listen to this today. And so I bless you and I encourage you, get a hold of me if you have a testimony. Share this with your friends. Share this with somebody who needs peace in their life because Christ is the Prince of Peace. Hang in there with me for just a moment. I have a couple of short announcements I want to share with you, but I want to thank you again for taking some time with me today. God bless you. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevineministries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through Fruit of the Vine Ministries at gmail.com, right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. You'll find the Fruit of the Vine Ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, hey, listen, I follow Yeshua Jesus want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of our p.o box you can write us a letter you can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face and if you feel led by the holy spirit you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what father is doing here it's p.o box 222 lewisville ohio 44641 and you can make that out to john davison there's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal Christians in the supernatural and seeing friends, neighbors, loved ones, co-workers coming to faith, salvation knowledge in Yeshua HaMashiach. So thank you very much for spending your time with us today. And God bless you in Jesus' mighty name.
Shalom.